Forgotten Liam versus Evil. So earlier on, I was making chicken super noodles, and I started to realise I think I've been doing it wrong the entire time. When are you meant to apply the powder? Well, you see, it's 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 different depending on what packet noodles you're making. I believe super noodles is water boiling then powder, but some of them are powder in before water. Right, because the way the super noodle one is worded is that you put the noodles in a pan of water bring it to boil. So then you think, well, I'm not going to sit my noodles in cold water for three minutes while the water boils. I don't know why I said three minutes. I don't know how, if that's how long it takes to boil water. Uh, so I was like, that, that's stupid. So does it mean just put the powder in at the start, which I usually do, but then by the time you eat them, <laughs> half it tastes away. So I usually put the powder in, in the water as it's boiling, and then by the end of it, it's like, oh, well, those were weak. It's only today, and I've only realised it today because some other noodle variety that I was eating like three days ago, it was a Japanese thing, and I had it on it that add the packet at the end, and I was like, why would you add the powder at the end? And it was a taste sensation, and I think my entire life is it's turned upside down. I don't think I've had super noodles in a long time, um, but I've had packet noodles quite a lot, and I think I usually just pour everyone in at once. I like how you had that wee dig in. This isn't a commentary on my, my diet, Scott. No, 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 I have packet noodles all the time. I just don't. I've just never bought super noodles in a long time. I don't know why that particular brand eludes me. Nah, you're not super enough. Nah. Uh, so, what do you do then? Do you do the powder just depending on what it says in the packet? Yeah, I just get the cheap ones for like the Asian aisle that's I think flown all the way from Japan, and I just and it's just just chuck everything in. So you just have it in at the same time at the start. Uh, yeah, but I eat it with chopsticks though, so I feel as if I'm authentic. Fair enough. I do that with with real noodles, but not like instant noodles. The other day I fell into a a chopstick hole on Amazon. (laughs) I found myself looking at all these different types of chopsticks. They had nice wee display boxes with with Japanese writing and stuff on them and wee pictures on the top. I was looking at it for ages. With the gender. I know, I can't decide which ones to get. I don't know yet. I need to get back. I need to decide if I want them. There's so so much to choose for. Have you got a chopstick shortlist? Or are you just kind of hoping that next time you go back on one set will catch your eye. Yeah, I'm just hoping something catches my eye, yeah. I've got ones that look like a lot of lightsabers. They're probably useless as actual chopsticks and made of some sort of deadly plastic, but they look cool as fuck. Yeah. I read on Google as well, so obviously I had to Google it to find out have I been doing this wrong? Is life worth living anymore the way that I eat noodles? And it was saying that you can sprinkle the hard noodles on. And I was like, I've heard that somewhere else recently. In a movie, or like see if at the very end, sorry, at the start before you put the noodles in, you break some off and then you make them, and at the end, just sprinkle a wee bit of the the hard unboiled noodles over the top, and it adds a layer of crisp. And when I seen it on Google, I went that that definitely sounds familiar, but I don't know where I've heard it. If it was in a TV show or a movie or something, so if anybody recognises that, tell me because I don't I don't think that's appetising at all. But I need to know why I've heard it from two sources. I think if you're going to do that, you're going to take some out of cooked noodles and stick them in a pan of like boiling oil and crisp them up that way, like fry them. I am not done eating dried pasta. That's actually quite a good idea, the frying them. Yeah. You need to go on Google noodle forums and tell them. I got on that, make my own version of proper tasty and start showing you all videos of the delicious, delectable treats that I cook up. 
You should. It's nearly post-lockdown, so anything's possible. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Scott and Liam versus Evil episode I do not remember. Is that 125? Uh, uh, yes, I think it is, because uh, this is a turning point, is it not? Possibly. You guys know. You've seen the title. It's around about the 125 mark. Uh, I'm Liam. And I'm Scott. And today it is Scott's pick. Uh, we did say the last episode, which I, I don't remember. I have no concept of time now. I don't remember when that was. But that we were just going to pick movies that were kind of pro-black in some way, with uh, black actors, black directors, uh, that treat black characters fairly. And uh, Scott was already going to pick Night Eleven Dead 1990, so it works out brilliantly. So, Night Living Dead from 1990, directed by Tom Savini. Uh, it stars Tony Todd and a uh, lady that I can't remember her name, which is terrible. Patricia Talman. There you go. Maybe you should have done the introduction since it's <laughs> your movie. It always, uh, also stars um, William Butler and uh, the guy that I can't remember his name who died. So it turns out that we both suck at this. <laughs> so we'll play this trailer for Night of the Living Dead 1990. And, oh, it also stars Bill Mosley. It also does star Bill Mosley for about two and a half minutes. Yeah. But I forget he's in it every time. Before I watch- The only reason I remember this time is because I watched it for a Duncan Summer series last year. But before that, I was like, when the fuck was Bill Mosley in this film? And I think I've thought that every time I've watched it. Yeah. So we'll play the trailer and then we'll get into Night of the Living Dead. They came to pay their respects. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Why do you have to be so cruel? What? Show some respect. Now, they're running for their lives. A biologist in Stockton, California have released reports focusing on the phenomenon, specifically on that trance-like state. Every shelter is becoming a trap. Are you sure we're gonna be all right? Cooper, you gotta help me out! And every road out... Don't stop no matter what happens. ...is just another dead end. They're coming right for us! George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Tom Tills is the guy I can remember. He died. Tom Tills? Tom Tills. 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 That's also an unfortunate name. Unless yeah. you happen to be in the uh, bathing industry. Yeah. He played uh, Cooper. Right, okay. Harry Cooper. What a... Uh... Do you what, what did you th- what do you think of this movie? Like, don't obviously don't give it an overall rating. Don't like let the cat out of the bag just now. But in terms of like, is this a nostalgic movie for you? Uh, n- no, I've I don't think there's anything wrong. Oh, sorry, I didn't think there was anything wrong with the film uh, before now. But I've always preferred the original, and there's some sort of snobby little bone in me that is like oh, the original's better than the remake. And I've always thought that, and I've never understood why until now, which you'll find out later. Uh, but, yeah, I just don't... I've always compared it to the original too much, and it's always really brought it down for me. So there's no nostalgic warmth for this at all. What about you? I know, I already know you fucking love it. <laughs> this is, this is uh, fully 
nostalgic warmth for me. This is the first version of, uh, of this movie that I've seen. In fact, I think I've only actually seen the original like twice in my whole life. I don't really care for the original, um, other than its mark on like cinema and zombie culture. But in terms of like watchability, I don't really, I don't think I'll ever go for that one first. Uh, this one is is my Night of the Living Dead followed by the original Dawn of the Dead. That's the the way that I would in my head the actual like if if these events were real life, that's the way it would play. But you'd still be the walloper walking about in the original Night of the Living Dead t-shirt, Scott. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I'm not a walloper <laughs> for that. As I say, I know it's marked on cinema culture, uh, but Lauren bought me that t-shirt, so that's, that's why I wear it. <laughs> I mean, obviously wearing it before you've seen it, no, just because you wore it, because it's a cool t-shirt. Is, uh, is right? Yeah, no, I, I, you're right, I think I might have wore it before I actually saw the movie. Yeah, <laughs> a million percent did. I've been angry about it ever since you've done it. That's why I brought it up again. <laughs> So I'd be the great if you ever seen that video online where the guy hangs about and asks people in, in uh, like black metal t-shirts to name a couple of the songs and they're like, uh, uh, and it's people like that that makes me uh, like no want to buy really cool t-shirts because people like you do it, walk about going, no, I love this film. Have you seen it? No. <laughs> in fact, that that's actually true. That that's what you do different than everyone else. It, they at least pretend that they've seen it. You came out straight away and said, I have never seen this film. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's true. I will, I, will, I will admit these things. Um, I'll tell you what, talking about this particular point, I'll tell you what I've just done, right? For you well there, I was thinking, I don't have enough horror t-shirts. And I was thinking, right, I was looking about all the usual places to be able to buy them. A lot of American companies. And I was like, right, I've looked at Fright Rags quite a lot. And I don't, I'm not really inspired by what they're putting out these days and all the rest of it. And, I thought, and then I fell into this hole of uh, Instagram companies, like small, like big cartel, like makes um, on Instagram, UK companies making t-shirts. I don't know how many of them are licensed, probably hardly any. And I fell into this hole and hundreds of them, so I've ended up buying like three Scream t-shirts that should arrive like next week. So uh, I'm quite looking forward to that. But I did find one guy who uh, I've bought a cool Drag Me to Hell t-shirt off him. And he was doing like a long, I think they call them long sleeve t-shirts. I don't know if they're thin and it's got to be freezing as a t-shirt, but it's got long sleeves. Anyway, it's an each of the killer one and it's really cool. And I've been looking at it for like days. It's a pre-order and the pre-order was coming to an end. And I was like, I don't, I only watched the each of the killer once. And I remember it being shite when I was like young. So I don't know if I can buy this t-shirt. And I sat and thought about it for ages. So what I've done is I've bought each of the killer off Music Magpie off eBay and it's sitting here it came in today and I thought you know what fuck it I'm buying a t-shirt because I know it on the movie <laughs> See, even though you've not actually seen the movie and still don't know if you've been, you're going to enjoy it you've bought the t-shirt yeah <laughs> after taking days so you literally got to the very end of your experiment <laughs> yeah and you bought it anyway it's fine bought you're going it, to yeah. hopefully because you've kind of came on Round to the idea of subtitles and some of the things you've been saying in the past few weeks, you are you've kind of rocketed into the stratosphere. Uh, I think you'll actually really enjoy each of the killer finally. And yeah, like no, I, I think I will, and I think because I, re- I watched uh, First Love um, the other day there on Sky Cinema, and it was it was great, great fun. Not particularly horror, but certainly a really good good movie. <laughs> if anybody's thinking about seeing it, that's uh, Takeshi Miki's um, new one. It's on Sky Cinema. Very good. Do you know what you have fucked up though? Now how it's his name? No, no. Sorry. Now if you ever, I'm not that fucking snobby. Now if you ever say that you didn't like it, you can never wear that t-shirt because you've just said it in the podcast. So everyone knows. So fright faced. If you walk by in an each of the color t-shirt, they're going to be like, "You're a twat." <laughs> if I don't like the movie, you you know what you're getting for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I hope you hate it. 
I hope it's shite. <laughs> it's actually shite. Don't even bother watching it. Aye, <laughs> uh, cool. So, Night on did. <laughs> the the original opening screen uh, with the with the like the full moon and the words Night Eleven Dead is like that's either a direct copy of the original or it's even the original because it looks like old and black and white and shit. Mm. There's something with the titles. See when it comes up. Uh, Night of Dead, it looks seriously out of alignment. Like, see, it says Night and then of the Living and then Dead. It, there's something, I don't know if it's because of how many letters are in it or what it is. There's something, anytime I see that, it always looks off and it annoys me and it winds me up. And it, straight away in this film, it kind of, I'm already annoyed. As much as I know it's a, a good film, I'm annoyed going in going, let's see that logo. It's not Tom Savini's fault, it's not the movie's fault, it's just the way it's written. But I hate that. I hate typograph issues. Typograph issues, is that even a thing? Is that what you would call it? Um, Typesetting. I'd call it pedantic, but... See, I've kind of set myself up in a wee room here and it's all darkly lit and I feel a wee bit like Frasier in the DJ booth like <laughs> we just know it's night outside uh, and you just said pedantic and I definitely feel like we're on an episode of Frasier because we've never used words like pedantic yeah. I do like, like Frasier though um, my first note here is that uh, Bill Mosley's Johnny is outstanding yeah it's so similar to original Johnny uh, Ross Strainer, but the um, I do I do like choice. And the thing is, I don't because I don't watch the original enough to know how similar it is. Like the, the they're coming to get you, Barbara part. Like I don't even, I, in my eyes, that that was even in the original. Really? Yeah. Get that t-shirt in the bin, man. At <laughs> <laughs> uh, the beginning, the wide shots of them traveling to the middle of nowhere in the cemetery. I think that's brilliant. It just creates like a world that I just love. Is it the same cemetery? It is, isn't it? I think it may be. It's Evans City. No, it's Pittsburgh. I don't know if Evans City is a real place. No, it was I. Evans City is a real place. It's uh, Evans City Cemetery. That's where it was set. Right. Um, there's some I've got in here somewhere. It's like there's something sad about the fact, uh, like when they're driving in and, and, and Johnny's like. Bad mouthing their mum and stuff, and saying like how she's obviously been shitty to get buried all the way out here. And so there's something sad about the fact that Barbara shouts at Johnny to show some respect as they drive past the grave that says Holmes, because there's people now pose against these graves when they visit the cemetery. Mm. It's almost like a kind of weird irony. <laughs> um, I just, do you know what? I just love this movie. I do. Like quite is often, it, is it at this point in the movie that you realise that? Yeah, it's because like there's the way that like, just a lot of the quotes and things. I I don't I don't tend to like say the quotes out loud because nobody would ever know what I'm talking about. But I, in my head, I always say things like um, "He is going to hear you." Always, if there's something if you ever make noise, that's what I always say. The way she says about the guy walking up. What situation are you in where you're saying that aloud in your head? That's way weirder than actually saying it out loud. Because at least no, you've said it out loud, people go, wow, that guy's weird when you're saying it out loud in your head. <laughs> people don't know that you're a mental case. <laughs> yeah, well, I am. <laughs> um, see, it's all right. I'm currently wearing a striped 
purple, white and black kind of zebra print trousers that say Macho Man, Randy Savage up the side. Inside or outside trousers? Uh, they're probably, well, to me they're for wrestling. So uh, <laughs> they're quite baggy so I can do like, aerial manoeuvres off the top rope. I have never been in a wrestling ring in my life. <laughs> uh, but I've been wearing them outside and roaming the garden and my Ugg slippers, fake Uggs. Uh, and these trousers, and it's excellent. And I don't even want to tell you what I paid for them because it's ridiculous for what is essentially a pair of pajamas. Aye, 90s ladies' pajamas. <laughs> Love it. I, for, I forgot why we were doing it on to that. I have no idea why we were on to that. <laughs> what I was going to say was that um, this is the part where, where the guy, the first zombie, comes out of nowhere and attacks Johnny and kills him. In. And it's like so definitely like a rubber body, but. It's just when it when Johnny lands on the gravestone and and dies, I thought it's 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 clever, it's good, but it's also um, so obviously fake. But Barbara at the start is so useless, right? But at least she knows to run away when Johnny's out. Like many others, there's many other movies and many other maybe people in real life that would try and help. Because at this point, you're like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. At this point, she thinks just a guy's just attacked her brother and she's just fucked right off. He was running the piss out her beforehand, so she's probably also Especially if she just thinks it's sad and tame, like it's maybe just these guys are just gonna like slap him about a bit. He deserves it, so <laughs> the um when she's when she's inside the car and the guy walks up in the in the uh the suit and then it starts to pull off the autopsy corpse zombie, I think that's a good effect. But it it does that one suggests that the the zombie curse is a starting point. Because he would have already hit, he'd have had to be already dead for a while to have been autopsied and then and getting buried, um, to then wake up as a zombie. Like, see at that bit, did you not think they were just trying to be too clever, like to show off that look here we are actually keeping in mind that there's a stage of decay. I think it looks so stupid. I'd rather it was two of the lifelike zombies, like the rotten ones. Rather than the guy, it literally looks like they have just made a big fake chest for him in his face. I mean, when they zoom in on the autopsy, you can see that it's like underneath the stitches is just more skin. It's uh-huh. not an open wound. It's not a broken sternum. It's not. Do you know what I mean? It just looks like. It just looks like what it looks like. But it's like, it's like why why put that in other than just to just to let people see that you're thinking about that because obviously a lot of other movies don't the zombie movies they don't show the decay until now Walking Dead and 20 Days Later and that you get different ones but in the original kind of movies they're all the zombies are zombie it's not a new zombie or it's been a zombie for ages it's, because, it's just because of the time lapse though isn't it because Walking Dead does it because so much time supposed to have happened however mm-hmm. in this movie this is supposed to be the starting point like right then so you're talking about that body would have been just been dead about a week to be autopsied and then buried, maybe 14 days at the most. But then he's really fresh-faced, whereas the other like, zombies attacking yeah, he would, car... Yeah, no, he would have, um, he would have his uh, makeup uh, just done. The fresh-faced one, the autopsy guy, he'd have just had his, his funeral makeup done. Mm, I think it's just trying to be too smart. Mm. I think we've talked about it for a lengthy period of time. Anyway, I tell you what, when she's in the car and the guy, the zombie who fucks up Johnny, um, I just thought, was he buried as well? Was he wearing a suit? It was, yeah, did he not? Oh, I've always thought he came out the, the, the coffin. No, I think that's the autopsy guy. That's the autopsy guy, obviously. Right. Mm, I have not been paying attention to this movie over yeah. the years. 
Well, I should go and buy a fucking t-shirt for it. <laughs> the guy, the guy, the zombie that fucks up Johnny tries to get in the car, but he uses a brick to break the window. The use of tools, I'm not on board with that fully at all. And George Romero does it, and George Romero wrote the screenplay for this movie, so he was heavily involved with Tom Savini to remake this. But in the original, you had um, the little girl use the trowel to kill her mum at the end, and then uh, eventually when you get to Land of the Dead, you've got the big daddy zombie who uses a plethora of tools. But I'm just not on board with <laughs> he, he's literally there to pump gas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not on board with uh, zombies using tools. Yeah. But I love the farmhouse in this movie when they go and see it. You know, uh, people go and visit uh, Pittsburgh quite a lot and go and see um, the, the different sites from these movies. And the farmhouse, the people who live in there do not like you going to look at the farmhouse. They like kind of sit on the porch with guns and stuff. They, they do not like trespassers on their property. <laughs> kind of understandable. Uh, but I do love it. And I love the way that they, they tried to homage the, the farmhouse in season two of The Walking Dead. I'm going to talk about The Walking Dead quite a lot in this episode because there's a lot of where I believe Robert Kirkman loves Tom Savini's Night of the Living Dead just as much as I do. Yeah. It, it is allowed because it's a zombie episode. Cool. Obviously, usually I would tell you to shut the fuck up because it's shite. <laughs> but I, I like, what do you think of the soundtrack? I think it's very vintage horror. It's decent. Yeah. But. It didn't again. It doesn't stand out. I don't think it's. I don't think it does anything special. Like at no point would I sit and listen to the night eleven dead ninety soundtrack. I definitely treat this harshly because I'm comparing it to the original. So everything I'm saying is, I've I've always been into this, not liking it straight away. And like I said, I couldn't really put my my finger on it. But see now watching it. It's as if you're watching actors in costumes. You're not watching the characters. It, and I think that's because I'm so used to, like way before this, I watched the original over and over again. I'm so used to that. It's obvious these guys are playing those characters, like the same costumes and kind of outfits. And I think that's what I can't get over. It just constantly looks like a, a I say bad drama group, but I don't mean bad talent-wise. Like it just, it looks too much like a drama group throughout the film, and that's what I realised this time. And I was like, I actually, like this film even less. What so like the characters are all exactly the same? It, I, the acting's actually probably that's the weird thing. The acting's probably better across the board in the remake. But like, uh, what's the what's the the guy we all hate? What's his name? Uh, Harry Cooper. Yeah. So see him, the actor in that suit. When I picture that suit in the farmhouse and that, I'm always thinking of the original. So to me, it just feels like that is an actor doing that. He's a good actor and he's doing it well, but he's he's just an actor in a costume. I'm not believing he is the character. I'm not watching the thing getting lost in, oh, I hope these guys are okay. It's straight away, I'm just going, these are actors. And I know that's like, it's so obvious in a remake, you're always going to think that, but I, I can't get past it with this one. And I think that's been my show all this time. I've just never actually clicked on it. You know what? It's like, normally, I really get you. I understand what you're saying. But I think, certainly for me, uh, it being the first one that I watched, and I fully enjoyed it the first time I watched it, that I, I never, ever felt like I had to go backwards to the mm-hmm. the, um, the original because I liked the story. I felt as if it, I felt personally that it improved the story. That, um, 
I've, I've always that's my go-to definitely I think there's there's not really any I think there's not really any time that the first one I've seen hasn't ended up being my favourite one it, like even in music the only time I, the only thing I can think of where a remake or a cover has ever when I've heard the, 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 the cover first that it's never been better than the original has been uh, All Saints when they covered Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> you sure <reference> there <laughs> Yeah, right. But uh, no, but then that that so that's just totally in reverse. I mean, you're obviously watching the original, thinking, "Oh, these guys are just old, stiff, bad actors playing characters." Yeah, they're using color in their clothes. Yeah, do you see it as that? In fact, that's a, a point I didn't know this until uh, till I talked to it with Duncan and stuff. Tom Savini wanted the movie to start in black and white and then fade into color as it went on. That would be a fucking excellent idea. Um, like just as it obviously a nod to the original so as the zombies start attacking I would assume that's when the colour creeps in and then it eventually becomes the full colour movie and I think that would have been cool because to see the it's coming to get you Barbara scene in black and white because of how good Bill Mosley is in it it would be quite interesting to see that so that so we had to compromise with just making the Night of the Living Dead credits with the, the moon black yeah. and white because that's definitely black and white when you look at that I think the obviously the producers and stuff because I don't think Tom Savini got a whole lot of saying what was going on like with some of this stuff I think he still had to keep very tight to Romero's script obviously uh, and that I think if they'd let him do that it, for me I would have enjoyed the movie more or I think I would have enjoyed it more because that's quite a, a clever interesting nod to the original right away and then bring the same story into, well, the 90s. Mm-hmm. I'm gutted that didn't happen. I don't want to do it again or redo it. <laughs> it's done. It's past. Do you know that... No, do you not know nothing about the any facts? <laughs> I was so say, there's no, nothing new in this episode then? No, not, well, not in this particular note. Uh, I was going to say, I think this movie, right, displays how terrifying it would actually be in real life for zombies to appear. Like the the first the first couple of scenes with the zombies. Just how fucking terrified Barbara is. Like I know she's more terrified than a lot of people or who I imagine I would be, but I see an actual dead bodies walking about trying to attack you. Like that's the one thing that people would say, Oh zombies man, it'd be dead easy to kill. I don't think people fully grasp what they're actually saying or what they would actually be seeing. Dead fucking bodies walking about ambling about trying to attack you and bite you and eat you do you know what to, I mean uh, but to be and how long though, would it take you how long would it take you before you, you realised and accepted that these people are dead and it's not somebody who's sick you know like because normally you wouldn't just the first part you know if you bumped into somebody that was sick or trying to attack you in the street a lot of people would be like, would be like well fuck I'm no I'm getting away from you because I'm not going to attack you back because I don't want to accidentally kill you and get in jail or you know something along those lines like I'm staying within the law whereas that's this is like the end of the world. An apocalypse like this is the, ne- the end of the world. How long does it take before you fully get to grips with the fact that this, you know, this isn't ending that's that can be solved with logic or it, this is nothing normal? Well, if Scotland and the UK showed us anything, it would take two days till a sunny day, and then they would be back out in the streets, no, no really caring. So I, I, I think the zombie thing, it'd be terrifying for the first like few hours and then eventually folk would just get used to it 
and it wouldn't be as scary. You just all be dead. If society shows us anything in the past few months, they definitely like it shows you for sure that there's that a, a zombie apocalypse would definitely spread the whole world over like instantly. That's what that's what Corona showed us that that a pandemic like zombie would, would travel the world instantly, and we'd all be fucked. Man, all the beaches would just be littered with zombies. I suppose it'd be easy to avoid. <laughs> you, you could avoid being eaten by a zombie by just no going near Loch Lomond. Yes. The um. So we've got Loch Ness zombies. Is that a thing? Loch Ness zombies. That should be a thing. All the zombies have congregated to Loch Ness because it was a sunny day and they don't care about the pandemic and the fact that they're zombies and they're just. Then obviously somebody touches the water, which then infects Nessie, and at the very end you've got this giant zombie Nessie. Because what's scarier than like a giant monster coming from the sea? A giant zombie one. Yes. Slightly more expensive, uh, more expensive for us to try and make ourselves. I think so. That we'll put that to the third or fourth on the uh, feature film list. I think could be an excellent stop motion movie though. And I think we would be great at stop motion if Elivers knew how to work stop motion. Well, I used to make stop motion uh, movies with Stevens Action Men and Don's Barbie Cars when I was younger, just pressing start stop on the on the uh, video camera. Kind of worked. What, what, what was Action Man doing? Right? Had he stole Barbie's car? Was it Action Man hotwiring Barbie's car? Why Action Men and no, Barbie's I, car? I don't think Action Man had the car, did he? Oh right, so, sorry for the for your movie. It had to be Barbie's car, of course. What did, what did he, he just drive about? He just he got in it. He did a skid and he drove away. As <laughs> actually, it wasn't a long film. <laughs> I bet you it took you hours though. Yeah, it takes forever, eh? <laughs> I used to do it with these South Park figures, and the movement was great. Like I really laboured over that, but every time I had to do a voice. Obviously, it was the only part of the film where the characters were still for the period of time it took to make <laughs> the line, which obviously is not how stop motion works. So, at least we know that now, and the Loch Ness Zombie movie can be better. Yeah. Um, so, you've got, we now have Tony Todd appearing, kicking ass and taking names. A strong black lead carrying on from the original, which at the time was uh, with Dwayne Jones, was the first movie ever, was it, to cast a black lead? Certainly, yeah. um, in a movie that was produced like ninety nine percent white movie, he was the the main kind of lead in that movie. He also slapped a white girl in it, progressive. <laughs> but uh, Romero was always part. It was always forward forward thinking and progressive, and his movies were a social commentary always. So like, it certainly doesn't surprise. Like looking back, it's not surprising, or you know, it's quite clear that's exactly what he was wanting to do. But see the see the race thing is Romero not always said that 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 wasn't his intention, which is so heartwarming and endearing that he didn't think of it like that. He cast he cast Ben as like because that's what he wanted to do, and that was the actor for it. Yeah. Uh, but it then also kind of takes it away because it's like oh, I hate I hate knowing that how progressive that was was an accident. I don't think it was. I think it has been intentional. I don't know if he's just kind of fucking with people, but like I know I, I didn't mean that. I mean, it's maybe it was maybe back in the back in the sixties or like seventies when he was when he was talking about it to be like, you know, because we we now know differently and how how what, how we say things about race and how how we describe it. Like, um, 
by saying like, oh, I don't even see colour, you think you're doing a good thing. You think you're being like, like I'm being, you know, loving everybody and I'm being anti-racist, but in a way you're, you're denying people's culture and people's heritage. And yeah. saying, like, we don't. So maybe, maybe he, he, he was, he did know what he was doing. And he, and at the time, at the, because you do think you're, you do think you're being right. It's only been recently that I've read like how that I don't see colour is actually, and it like still continues as a actually a yeah. term, even though when you're you're trying to be right. So maybe that's what he meant. Maybe he was yeah. on purpose, and he was trying to be like, it's not even an issue for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, and 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 I'd like to think that if he was if he was alive now, he'd be at the front of like a a Black Lives Matter. Yeah. So, um, aye. So I think he probably I think he did know what he was what he was doing. Um, and I'm glad he did it. Oh, obviously. Uh, aye, Tony Todd uh, takes over um, where Dwayne Jones aye. left off brilliantly. Like, so when I said Tony Todd, or when I seen Tony Todd come in, I thought that guy looks like he'd be absolutely shite at choking folk. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought you're going to obviously get the story in with him choking you again, because you have to. As soon as yeah. you mention Tony Todd, you have to tell the story. Yeah. But I just thought I'd, I'd throw you a wee life raft and I'd set you up for it and then explain that I was setting you up for it to give you time to then go in and tell us a story. Well, there was one time <laughs> that I, I met Tony Todd. <laughs> <laughs> and then, because uh, obviously we, we met him at, uh, what one was it, the Milton Keynes one? Yeah. Aye. Uh, we went to a convention in Milton Keynes and I met Tony Todd and uh, I got me signed the uh, a still from uh, Night of the Living Dead. And he done his zombie impression, which was incredible. I swear to God, his eyes went cloudy just standing right in front of me. And then he strangled me. And when I turned around to say, oh, my God, good guys, did you see that? Not one of you bastards seen it, videoed it, take a picture or nothing. I'm so glad Tori Todd didn't sexually assault you because we would be the worst <laughs> witnesses. <laughs> we were there. We didn't film it. <laughs> we didn't post it. Uh, but... Uh, you also shouldn't just describe it as that you met Tony Todd and then he strangled you. <laughs> also, if anybody's putting keywords into this episode, so far they've got Tony Todd strangled in sexual assault. <laughs> I'm worried that I've just draw, dragged Tony Todd's name through the dirt. I apologise. He didn't do that at all. He fake choked Scott. Yeah, and I was consenting for him to put his thumb in my mouth. So it's better to consent that than consent to thumb up your ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also paid for the privilege, by the way. I didn't just beat him like me. Okay, I'm getting a thumb up your ass or a meeting Tony Todd. Because <laughs> you never you never want a free thumb up your ass. If it's gonna go up, you'd like to you'd like to know that you've paid for it and that obviously then there's some sort of kinda look and care has went into that thumb because they've had the money for it. At least wash it before you put it up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> d- d- right. D- Tony Todd's running about saying, so he's, the first thing he can ask Barbara is, do you have a car? She's like in shock at this point. She's not saying anything. And he's like, do you have a car? I was like, she does have a car. I was like, surely it'd be easy for them just to go and find Johnny's dead body, take the keys, and then go and get her car and drive away. It's only sitting at the bottom of a hill. Mm-hmm. I don't think they mention that. She never says she's got a car. And they never, not even when she's kind of got her wits about her, she never mentions it. That's true, actually. And, she, and they never mention it. They never go yet. Um, what's these notes? Right, my notes. I just got a couple of couple of quotes, so I don't really need to um, show them. In fact, I do. God damn you! God damn all of you! <laughs> what? 
your impression was good or the quote was good in the film? Or? <laughs> well, I don't, know the, I don't know if the impression was good, but the quote was good. Uh, it's it sounded sh- honestly so much like you were filleting yourself. The, you done the quote and it went, oh, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're talking. They're still kind of trying to decide. They're, they're talking to, like, saying, "What? Um, a, like, how do you explain a man walking around with his neck broken? A man shot full of holes and still coming at you? Like, think about that in real life. We don't need to discuss it again. But just you, Liam, and everybody listening, think about that. Think about that right now and how you would feel and react if you seen what I've just described. <laughs> All right. Now, um, we begin to meet the people in the uh, the basement. I think. No, we've not met them yet. Barbara's transformation begins just now when Tony Todd's walking around and he's talking about uh, how Barbara's good for killing the big fat uh, baldy zombie who turns out to be Uncle Reg. Um, so she starts to get changed. I think she's putting socks on when he's and Tony's explaining his origin story, being the diner and learning the headshots are needed to kill them. Um, and then he says, uh, doesn't take long for the world to fall apart, does it? Uh, that's a poignant sentence now as it was then. And I've also want to point out that I don't know how to spell poignant because I don't know what that says. You're going to need to spell it out now. P-O-I-N-I-A-N-T-E. P-O-I-G. N-A-N-T. Yeah. Poignant. Oh. Poignant. I've spelled I don't know. It doesn't have a red line underneath it, so I've spelled something right. It's good. You started off with pedantic, and you just threw yourself right in the bin. So good. <laughs> this is at least at least we are now getting back to a level of normalcy. Right. Tony Todd goes up the stairs. Right. I'm going to start calling him Ben because it's too long to say Tony Todd every single time. Could just call him Tony or the Todd Man. Todders. <laughs> um, so he goes up the stairs, and he's the cousins at the top of the stairs, and. Uh, the cousin's opted out. The one that said his hand chewed off. And he beat shot himself in the head. There's something I find fascinating about the end of the world stories and images like that. We don't get to explore the cousin's backstory, but his life would have had events that led him to shooting himself. Now the space that he occupied before will create events and stories for the characters that we're currently watching. Fascinated by just that idea. I don't even know how to articulate how that how that the idea of these these apocalyptic worlds make me feel. Until we're in one, then it's terrifying. Yeah, no, but I just... I would definitely be one of the guys that would just... like. Well, this has showed me, I, would, I, lose, I lose my mind. I'd be in the garden with macho man trousers with a shotgun, and you'd come across my body and be like, why was the guy wearing wrestling pants in his garden? <laughs> That'd be a great though, episode. At the end of the world, it just gives you free reign to just wear whatever the fuck you want. It's like a festival. That, that is exactly what this is like. That that has summed up my past fifteen weeks. Well done. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm at a festival. A horrible, horrible festival. Eh <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the, the point of view shot from the window showing two random zombies just stumbling forward out of the trees. Yeah, that's that's nicely done. Yeah. Um and then Ben this is so we've we've met our new characters. Uh Bobby and Judy Rose and Cooper and his wife Helen and their daughter Sarah who's been injured but as known pop culture, zombie pop culture we know that that's not good uh, but uh, Ben says to him I'm boss up here uh, yeah, strong black character 
And then uh, Harry Cooper says uh, he's the best line in the whole movie, I think. You idiots! You lame brains! <laughs> I love it. Do, why? Like, what? Why? Why does that line stand out? Obviously, for nostalgic or warm reasons, but. Yeah, Did you, have you always just liked the way he said it? Or? Yeah, and later on when he calls them yo-yos, you bunch of yo-yos! <laughs> <laughs> it's a simple thing, Scott, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we I should actually start doing that now. See, rather than me swearing or calling you like a titter, I'll just start calling you a yo-yo. And then yeah. you can do it back and it just it makes it all, all PG, family-friendly yeah. episodes. Although there is, there is a line later on... Um, where the word dickhead's used, and uh, I've got definitely got a note about how much I love that as well, <laughs> but we'll get there. I know um, about how much you love dickheads. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Barbara coming up with the most sensible plan. Let's just walk out. Well, there aren't too many, and Ben is quite patronising, and he's like, you're doing good. We're all doing good. But we got to stay here and look for, uh, and get some gas. <laughs> but I'm like, to be fair to him, he does think getting the gas is the best idea. However, Barbara's idea is definitely so much better. Yeah. But then when do you stop running? You never stop running, Liam. But then that's the scary thing. If you get in the car, you at least get away from them enough to then go, right, I can work out my plan. Whereas if you're running, eventually you've got to stop, you've got to be knackered, you've got no time to think about a plan because you're getting your breath back and then, oh my God, there's more zombies. You would. It would be the exact same in the, in the car. You'd still have the same stress. It's, it's just like life. You never stop running. People think that they, they run until retirement, but you don't. Even in retirement, you either die or you keep running. It's just right. never easy. At <laughs> uh, this point, Barbara sticks on a pair of trousers. Her <clears throat> transformation into badass is pretty much complete. Now, I feel the inspiration for Carol in The Walking Dead came from this depiction of Barbara. Judith O'Day as Barbara in the 60s one didn't. I don't think they transformed her as much. I don't think, I think she was still like a like you know, for as much as he was progressive with the black lead, I think he was still pretty regressive with useless, screaming, yeah. hysterical women. <laughs> Not, I mean, some some women are useless and hysterical. That's goes <laughs> some men are useless as well. So it's, I mean, it's it happens. The just the way you described it, where uh, she then put trousers on. The last thing he did <laughs> yeah. was that she was changing yeah. into socks. So if Andy has just logged on, they actually put socks on a good 15 minutes ago and that's her just putting her trousers on. Well, this movie would be totally different. It's not her trousers. She has to go look for these items around the house and get ones that will fit her. Also, it's funny that she, she she technically puts on man clothes and now then that makes her strong and powerful. <laughs> Sam would be Tom Savini, wasn't he? Quite as progressive as <laughs> he should have been. Whatever, I'm, I'm hating Judy Rose. In this note, shut up, Judy Rose. Asking if I'm crazy and you think this dead fucker is still Mr. Magruder. That's when um, they're asking if, um, like, Judy Rose is like talking about Barbara saying, Is she crazy? I'm like, Just because she's been quiet and she's watching everyone and she's thinking about it, she's actually the most capable person in that whole house. Mm. But it's when um, she shoots Mr. Magruder and then Judy Rose is like, You've just killed him. And then next, the body guy, when he shirt comes in and she's shooting him in the chest, Is he dead? Is he dead? But Barbara's taking no shit. I do. I, I do like that about her uh, in this version. I do like that she she is like the Ripley character. She yeah. she becomes a bit of a badass. I do. I do like that about this. Yeah, she does, and she puts on. Uh, she's now in a white vest, and I was like, is that the first instance of the white vest being in survival? 
I'm not sure I haven't researched my theory enough. However, you just mentioned Ripley, and she wears a white vest, doesn't she? Yeah. And that is before Alien is before ninety, isn't it? Also, player fast and loose weight. My theory, you know what you meant there was I've not researched this one single idea that I had as opposed to uh, all theory. No, 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 no. The white vest theory. I've talked about this in the show. Uh, right, before. sorry. Uh, right, that's no. I thought you meant. I thought you meant the the theory of uh, Barbara and this being the first wearing the white vest, not the theory <laughs> of the white vest. No, the theory no, of the white vest, vest is. Yeah, that's that's there. That is a yeah. real thing. I will but, also mention. Yeah, I will also mention. No, it's it's a real thing that that I invented because Lorne <laughs> mentioned it to me. I I'm not taking away fate, you or Lorne, mainly Lorne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what I thought you meant was that uh, uh, she was the first one to do it. But I've not researched that theory because that's not a theory. That's <laughs> that's just a, that's just that's just a, a sentence that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question about Barbara though. Now that she's a badass, right? She did seem so incapable at the beginning. I wonder where she learned to shoot and load a gun. It's America, man. They learn at like three. Yeah, this is a good point. Never thought of that. <laughs> um, so they had a telly upstairs. But now they're all too busy uh, putting boards in the windows. They didn't notice Cooper going upstairs. They heard them talking and he stole the telly and took it downstairs. The big prick. Which you would do, though. If you're in the basement... You're not moving through there, so why not get the TV? Yeah, we'll see. Like, um, you imagine how terrifying it'll be when the emergency broadcast actually goes out, and then you get a news brief, especially from a reporter with like an open shirt and a loose tie, because he's stressed out, telling you that. Well, in this case, they're telling you the recently dead are coming back to life, but telling you, like, I don't know, that the fucking nuclear weapons have been launched or something. Do you know what I mean? Hang mm-hmm. on, now we'd be bored deep in Netflix. We wouldn't even notice it until they were actually. Um, yeah. No. I've always wondered that, like. Uh, channels that aren't like like if you're sitting watching Dave or Comedy Central, would that even go? Are they owned by bigger companies? If it was something major, like if it was something mega major, and you had like a four minute warning, would they even bother to switch Dave to the emergency broadcast, yeah. or would it just be BBC? You're still watching reruns of the Royal Family in UK yeah. Gold. <laughs> the world is bombing. Yeah, the control office is just like a swinging like chair, just because everybody's just fucked off. <laughs> I actually never thought about it. I think we would all be doomed. And let, I suppose your phone, you'd probably get a text through. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. Your phone, you get a text, aye. In fact, does it not, was it not like, did Trump not accidentally set off like, the emergency text in America or something? Or was it here? Somebody, somewhere definitely got a text from the government like saying something, not that they were going to die, but something serious. Is, is that sorry. COVID? It sounds remember. like a Trump thing. We did get a text about the, the lockdown, but I don't think it was an accident. I think we were meant to get it. Although I got it like fucking four days after Lena got it, which makes me think that the government want me to die and no harm. Well, I never, I never got it at all. And you to die even more. <laughs> um, there's a scene in Dawn of the Dead which I, I really like, and I think it's it's certainly it's more akin to experts telling you the world is over. It was uh, 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 David Crawford, his character in the, the Dawn of the Dead. Uh, I only know that because I, he was one of the actors that I met when I went to the. Romero Weekend of the Dead thing that done in Manchester that fest uh, convention, but he his character. Did you put any dead. digits up your ass, or was that no, just a, no. a placid one? Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, he uh, his character was was pretty much telling people like that that's the end of the road. Like, so don't like go to work anymore. Like, this is you need to survive. It's actually kind of like our government actually did the same thing. Yes, they not only you could just imagine how fucking terrible it would actually be if the if it was still fucking Boris Johnson. Eh? 
go to work, but don't go to work. Stay at home if it's absolutely necessary. Go to work, but don't go to work. <laughs> Fuck, man. I mean, what do we do? Am I, am, I, am I stabbing people in the head or am I not stabbing people in the head? That's what I need to know, Boris. Tell me. You can stab them in the head as long as you don't know them and they're from a different household, but if you know <laughs> them and they're from the same household, you can't stab them in the head. <laughs> um, they accidentally drop the telly because Ben's like, Cooper, you're not taking that down the basement and they drop it down the basement. He's like, I wasn't taking it downstairs. You can't get any reception in the basement, you dickhead. <laughs> and I just think there's something brilliant about calling somebody a dickhead. I just think it's brilliant. Is it not something... <laughs> Was it? Is it not in one of the previous movies we watched as well? Somebody called somebody a dickhead. Oh, my cousin Vinny. Hi. It's called disclosure, you dickhead. <laughs> Do uh, you just have full conversations in your head with nineties quotes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I. Eh? I think I think a well-delivered dickhead is my favourite insult. Because <laughs> a well-delivered dickhead is my favourite insult. Uh, when you said earlier about how you like the farmhouse. Oh, okay, thank you. It was like the farmhouse because there was obviously like a crawl space underneath it. And I knew as you were saying it, you were thinking about Vern and Stand By Me trying to find these quarters. <laughs> Is yeah. that true? Yeah. Yeah, I knew that was in your head at the time. I haven't found my pennies yet. <laughs> I, also, I also do a quote from that whenever, and I never say it out loud. If somebody asks me what, what I like best, I always say, that's easy. No question about it. <laughs> you say that, you say that out loud. I usually yeah. say both of them out loud often. <laughs> It's actually why we stopped paying a bit. <laughs> That's not COVID. <laughs> um, Tommy says that he's got shells in his gun for uh, for the gun in his pocket, and I think that's where the nod from Shaun of the Dead comes from. You know, when he's he's like, "I've got fourteen bullets left," and Ed's like, "Call them shells." I think it comes from this. Or oh, maybe the original. Did they say it in the original? Don't know. Nah, <laughs> I'm just I'm just putting that theory out there. I've not done any research on it either. I think it. I think it definitely comes from this. Now, they can't find the keys, or they think they found the keys because they find keys in Uncle Reggie's dead body pocket, and they drive up to the gas pump. The whole, the whole movie hinges on them getting the, the key to the gas pump so they can fill up Ben's truck and drive away. Mm-hmm. And they go up to the gas pump and it's the wrong keys. And and, and uh, Tommy and his absolute wisdom, fear and wisdom, decides to try and shoot the lock off the fucking <laughs> pump that's. They've got a, a lit flame in the back of the uh, the truck, and it's just and a lovely huge explosion kills Tommy and Judy Rose, and a, and uh, also attracts a million zombies because they're attracted to fire for some reason. They're attracted to loud noises. Why? However, these zombies are scared of fire because Ben uses it as a weapon, like to scare them away when he walks out the door to get in the truck. Uh, they they're attracted to loud noises because they've ears. Liam. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, what is the point in them coming back to life if they're just going to just cut about and just follow loud noises? They're not really going to get uh, sustenance for loud noises. Yeah, well, you have to assume that loud noises means people are making those noises. Mm. I don't think they assume that. I suppose they do use tools. It's hard because they they're meant to be mindless zombies, but you've brought in it, like an order of intelligence into it now, so why have... If they can use tools, why have they just followed this big bang to fire, which they obviously hate? I mean, just, I don't know. They've, they've got one basic instinct, and it's to find food, so they, they just follow noise because they think there's food at the noise. 
that's just that's just it. There's no there's no there's no more to it than that. <laughs> See, whenever we do this zombie film, I want us to have a basically when it all goes to shit and there's a news news footage, you're the news reporter, and I want that to be how you explain it that basically they just want food and noise means food. <laughs> yeah, because see, if you start putting in that they can use tools or they can like say a word or they can change what they want to from brains to like coffee, then you'll end up with a fucking absolute horseshit mess for the dead don't die, and I just wouldn't be happy to make a movie like that. So, do you not like the dead don't die? Then it was fucking all over the place. What what was that? They were trying to do dry British humour, and it just was not landing anywhere. Absolutely I, nowhere did it land. I think they were doing dry Jim Jarmusch humour. Uh, I I do I I have said it before. I fully get why people would absolutely hate it, but I also get why folk would enjoy it. I don't quite understand anyone that says they love it. Yeah, but. I do think there was there was good things in it. It took me a long time to get through it, but I'll tell you where it lost me. I don't give a fuck about spoilers here, people, but... <laughs> when have you ever given a fuck about yeah. spoilers? <laughs> it's when they were talking in the car at the end, and he's like, in, and he's like, he says to uh, Bill Murray, says to Adam Driver, you keep saying it's going to end badly. How do you even know? Oh, because Jim gave me the script. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm out. I'm absolutely out. Yeah. Get to fuck the lotties. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, yo-yos. Yo-yos, aye, uh, lame brains. Um, one of the best changes Tom Savini makes is that the child in the basement does not use a tool to kill her mum. But then they they do have a they do have a nod to the head to it though because when Ben goes downstairs he sees the blood sprayed over the uh, the garden trowel, which is good. But the wee lassie has got the worst zombie walk in history. Why do you not want her to kill her mum? No, she can kill her mum the way she did kill her mum. She bites her and eats her because she's a zombie. Don't pick up a trail and stab your mum because then that's the fact that doesn't make that just it's not a zombie then is it? It's just more brutal because the only thing worse than your daughter biting you is your daughter stabbing you with a trail. I can yeah, imagine yeah. not having like make a make a movie with matricide in it. That's that's fine, but don't have a zombie picking up a tool to kill the mum because when she's a zombie, it's not her mum anymore. Yeah. To be honest, um, it's the coolest trails have ever looked. Like there'll be trowel forms now raging that you've just said that because it's never been a cool garden item until that movie. And now you've just said it should even be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, a, wee, a wee shovel. So he's But a, a, like a quite a handy thing. You could use it for multiple things. It's quite useful actually at the end of the world. And you've just shat all over it. I like the trowel. Bring the trowel back. Not as a weapon. Hashtag um, mere trowel deaths. <laughs> so um, Cooper goes up in the attic because the the whole house is all fucked up. We've lost pretty much everybody's dead almost. Cooper goes up in the attic. I think uh, yeah, they've they've there's a cop come in. Cooper got the gun. Um, ben made it back to the house. A cop came in, so he had a couple of guns on him. So Ben got a gun, and Harry and Ben were shooting each other. They shot each other in like the ribs and the shoulder and stuff like that. And then um, Cooper went up in the attic, and that's the attic's probably the best place to go. Because once the door's shut, you can pull up the wee string, nobody can get in, and you can burst through the roof if you need to escape. Mm-hmm. That's probably what there should have been all day. Um, <laughs> and then, so then uh, Ben's like, I can't go anywhere because I'm, I'm, I'm dead. You know, I'm, I'm past it. So he stays and he goes into the basement. But see when he's walking around the house and all the zombies are in the house and they're just potting about, not really knowing where to go. I'm like, that, that's just a brilliant 
image of what a zombie, you know, apocalypse should look like. You don't think it's that bad because there's only two scrambling up the hill for miles away, and then before you know it, there's fucking ten thousand all in your house, and you just can't get away from them. And it's just, I think it's just the best description of it whatsoever. Um, but yeah, Barbara goes. Size is your house that ten thousand zombies are fitting. I, I, I didn't know a good enough number. I didn't know what a good number was to be that would be terrible in your house. A hundred. To be honest, one would be terrible in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so Barbara goes away, and you get all these kind of shots of all the zombies round about the house and in the house. You've got the the zombies scanning the, the charred bodies of Tommy and Judy Rose. Then you've got a heroin addict zombie walking past. That's some 90s social commentary dropped in there, perhaps. And uh, then you get to meet the hillbilly posse out rounding them up. Um, and they, the hillbilly posse come and meet uh, Barbara. They're the ones that find her when she's like, she falls into the back of their truck or they're piling the bodies and sees her dead brother. They've already killed him, think he's a, or he was a zombie. He's in the back of the truck. I'm like, that's good that she's found people to save her, but in real life, they'd have probably raped her, you know? <laughs> you think it's scary to have a vagina today? Do you imagine the end of the world? You got a vagina or a butthole? You better be scared. Especially. No, 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 no for me. <laughs> <laughs> just in general just in general oh I'm going to cut that in. every week when I go hi I'm William you're going to go hi I'm Scott and if you've got a butthole you better be scared <laughs> <laughs> there's a uh, we get to see like so there's like a, a post there's like an army of hillbillies just like loving it and they'd mention how they're probably loving it like shooting them up and rounding them all up I've got them tied for trees, and they're using them as target practice. I've got that tattooed on on my my, my leg, my zombie tattoo. There's got the, the tree uh, depiction in it, and there's a scene. There's the scene where there's a reporter talking to the sheriff, and he says, uh, "Oh, they're dead. They're all messed up." And that character is um, a guy called Chili Billy Cardle, uh, and his daughter Laurie Cardle is the main woman in Day of the Dead. Right, okay. Yeah. So a bit of information for you. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the so it's like the next morning and they go back to the house and this is when they, they I don't even know they're back in the house, right? I guess like why did they need to open the basement? Are they just trying to kill all the zombies? Is that they're just are they just making their way through the town to kill all the zombies they can find? Aye, well exactly the same now. You you want to find the infected and that's what we want to do just to get rid of it because obviously at this point they still don't know how it's uh, all spread the bit with the hanging from the tree do you, do you know that was a nod to the original because Romero wanted it at the end of of his one uh, but obviously because tensions were so high at that time there's no way they could show yeah, it's black definitely, people hanging from a tree aye so you, you have to assume that, that Romero knew he was being racially progressive then if he wanted yeah, to have yeah. like a depiction of what looks like lynching mm-hmm. in, in his movie um, because that's what it looks like it really does this episode has came full circle that is a, a very valid point mm-hmm. poignant some would say <laughs> poignante <laughs> um, <laughs> you've actually learned so much Spanish <laughs> that you're now forgetting English I do you realise it um they, so they go back to the house and they, they burst open the basement and Tony Todd comes walking out and he's uh, all zombied up. He's dead. He actually says, what we forgot to mention is he's sitting in the basement and he sees the gas pump key just on like the workbench just 
plain view and it's hilarious, you know. Um, and he comes up. And then the uh, the hillbilly shoot Tony Todd right in front of Barbara and she's like, oh, fuck. Like, eh. And then they leave and she's just still standing in the, the house and Cooper comes down alive from the attic and he's like, you came back. And she just shoots him right in the head. And the two hillbillies come walking back in and she's like, that's another one for the fire. And then walks out and they look at each other. And I always think the two hillbillies know that she just killed a person. Like I think, I think they know that that wasn't a zombie she killed. Aye, but does that not just imply that they've also been doing the same? Well, to me, it means that I think she needs to watch how she proceeds from this point on because she could become a leader of a of a survivor group, or she could get killed because she's too reckless. Because mm-hmm. they could be like, ah, she's fucking mental. By the way, we need to watch her. And obviously, if you're about with that threat looming over her, she's in danger anyway. <laughs> Thing is, well, she's you know, I don't think actually, you know, actually bad badass enough that she's bad. I think so. She's bad always. Um, yeah, and that's it. That's Night Love and Dead, nineteen ninety. Do I even need to ask how many fives you gave it? I've actually not rated it, and I've not rated it out of something, and I fuck, I better. I've got a final summation, but I forgot to rate it. Uh. You've been serious at actually taking time to think about it? Yeah, because I need to think it's not funny. These, these, these funny things... Oh, right, so I, I thought you were actually thinking about how you could give it five. I was like, right, come on. <laughs> <laughs> right, you, um, you give mine. You can yeah, yeah, you, yeah you, you give yours. Right, uh, mm, this movie just it doesn't sit right with me. And I know it's my own fault. It's nothing really the movie does, apart from it looking like it's actors playing the roles. Uh, it's not a bad movie. I like Tom Savini. Some of the makeup and effects, like the rubber guy at the start, are a bit dodgy, especially in something that you expect to be excellent, considering everything else Savini was putting out at that point. But it is still a decent movie, and if it's the first one you've watched, it makes you go back and watch the original, whether you like it or not. It's still excellent. It's still it's it's doing its job there, and I like that because it'll maybe get more people to watch the original. Maybe well, obviously only folk that don't watch horror, I that watch his horror, or has a t-shirt has seen it. <laughs> but yeah, I think it, it's just a three for me. It never, it'll never really get higher than that. It's just I know, and seeing that it being so into the original has kind of ruined it. That I was never going to give it a fair chance the first time I watched it, and since then I, I never have. But I'm too stubborn to tell myself to stop being stubborn and just enjoy it. So three is still good. I could give it a two and a half. I could even give it a two. Noticing that people, that they all the actors in costumes, I couldn't unsee it. I could actually give it a one if I really wanted to be a wee bitch about it. But I'm going to give it a three because I know that that's all just inside me. It's nothing to do with the movie, and it's no fair for me to say that movie's a one because I have personal problems with it. So shut up and accept the three, Scott. I do you know I normally I just be like I rate it whatever you want, but even suggesting that you could even justify a one for this movie, I am. The the one and two, I would my justification for that would be to wind you up. (laughs) I would have enough reason for it, but yeah, it's. I think if it had done the black and white fading into colour thing and maybe Tom Savini get let go of it a wee bit, 
it would be I would be able to enjoy it more whereas it does just seem like a scene for scene shot of the original and then the way I see that is why what do we need that for we've got the original do something a bit different with it it doesn't really do anything that much different apart from I get Barbara's a, a kind of stronger character but that's not enough a, a difference from the original to make me interested in like the Cabin Fever remake it was just shot for shot nobody was interested in it it was even if it was it looked like the fucking greatest movie ever you're still going to go that's a shot for shot thing something that's already been done be original I don't like it I hate it and you're never going to give it a chance and I think that's what I've done with this and it's just it's never went away Cabin Fever one I can I can uh, I can accept there was I was I was excited about that when I first heard because I thought the idea of a different director taking the original script and seeing what was different but they just fucking made an asset yeah take the the script and take away all the director's notes away don't take the script and the director's notes and just do the same thing (laughs) yeah um for me though I have made it very very clear through this that I love this movie and if you've listened to any of these episodes before you'll know that um, um, Zombie Apocalypse is is my main love for, for movies uh, first and foremost the, the the world that it seems to create it totally in my eyes fits in with the Dawn of the Dead original and I understand they were released at different times however I like to think it starts at night goes to the original Dawn and then to be pretty honest, I can just leave it there. To be fair, and just go straight to The Walking Dead after that. Um, but the I love all the wee nods and stuff that are in there that I can I think that um, Robert Kirkman's taken and and taken to and expanded into The Walking Dead. Uh, there's there's elements that Shaun of the Dead have clearly taken and put it in their movie, which is like a nod to all the zombie movies. Originally. I'm not saying the original Night of the Dead isn't good or wasn't groundbreaking or isn't still great. It probably is. It's just not the one that I continue to, to to look at this one Tom Savini's remake is the movie that I watched fondly when I was like 9 or 10 originally it's the one that I watch often maybe once or twice a year um, I I just love it I think everything about it's fantastic I really really do I don't think there's, there's not one part that I, I get bored of there's not one part that I think this, this isn't for me it's well paced it's well written well acted and Romero's still heavily involved um, I love the simple premise in the movie. The fact the whole thing is based around the need to leave, but to leave you need the gas, so you need the key, which is in the house. But for the whole movie, they argue over the cellar because there's no escape, so don't go in the cellar. Nobody get in the cellar. All the arguments are between the people centre around being in the cellar or not, and the key ends up in plain sight in the cellar. Brilliant, clever, simple. Five yo-yos, five lame brains. <laughs> Five dickheads out of five. Fifteen out of five. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hear more about Night Eleven Dead, just tune into our top ten of 2020 at the end of the year, where Scott will probably have it number one or two. <laughs> well, I can tell you for sure. I'll I'll give you them one wee um, piece of insight. It's certainly in the the short list for my top ten of all time. Oh, this. Sorry, I, I was waiting you revealing something there. <laughs> I thought you were about to reveal some new film you'd watched, but I'd obviously just zoned out, so sorry about that. Uh, aye, so have you watched anything else then since uh, since the last time we talked? Uh, movie-wise, I... Or people. Wayne's, things at the window, just whatever you've been watching. 
I don't think I've really watched anyone. <laughs> no, I've not, not at all. I've been watching uh, Building Off Grid. That's pretty, pretty good. Um, I watched uh, The Lost Boys the other day. There, the Lauren. It was her first time watching it. Don't actually paid attention to much yet, so I don't think she really enjoyed it. But see, to be fair, I was watching it thinking, like, see, I was watching it showing to somebody who had never seen it. I was aware that I was like, maybe this isn't as great as I think it is. It, it's nostalgia that does it's it for that nostalgia, definitely. It's just fucking ten music videos in a row. Yeah. <laughs> but because it, it's such a cult movie, it is the nostalgia, I think, if you go in much later in life. I, 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 I wouldn't have thought Lauren would enjoy it. Yeah, she didn't. There was nothing that, that, that pulled her in and sucked her in and kept her there. But, um, drinking game. Next time Andy's watching The Lost Boys, just drink every time they say Michael. <laughs> she did that over Zoom. Yeah, no, honestly, like, it's just, you'd be, you'd be absolutely, and just, just Michael alone. No point in complicating it, putting three or four names in there. And even when they say Mike or Mikey, no, don't drink for that. Just Michael. You will be absolutely fucked. Is Lost Boys on Netflix or anything just now? Uh, no, it's nowhere. I had to, I had to get the glory out. Because that's just an idea there that we do a Zoom chat with everyone and play that drinking game. <laughs> that would be excellent. I wonder if we can do that. We'll maybe look into it. We'll see. Uh, the, I'm surprised you, you've not been watching Big Brother. Lena's obsessed with it just now because Davina McCall and that X Factor guy are doing like a best of and they're showing you like full episodes from previous Big Brothers, like from the very first uh, one and stuff. No, I mean, I, I watch, we watch a wee clap at this time, but no, I, I, when I watch, I watch, I get sucked into the, the drama of, of the continuous watch. I don't, I'm not really interested to look back to. That actually sums you up. You are not interested in going back to the old things, are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you've never summed yourself up as perfectly as that. <laughs> uh, well, I've watched nothing apart from 90s wrestling, still. Still, <laughs> yeah, just that in cartoons, man. That's it. I've started. In fact, tell a lie. I watched the the uh, House of Eyes remake again the other night there for the summer series, mm. and that's the first movie I've sat to pay attention to, half attention to. It's so good, man. It is. It's always been good, even though it shouldn't be good. It is, and that's a weird one because I enjoy the original, but. It's different. Unlike Night of Living Dead remake, the House of Eyes remake is different to the original. And that's why you can like it. That felt scripted. You're getting better at this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the next movie will be my pick and we'll obviously keep this going. We already know what it is. So uh, you won't find out until we do the poster, which will hopefully be next week or the week after. Uh, depending on shifts and life and stuff. So, uh, have you anything planned this week, Scott? I have got the the gas man coming tomorrow because we have got no boiler currently. Um, and it's How been a whole rigmarole for like six. You coping okay? Uh, I'm I'm coping okay. I just have cold showers, but I've been getting up early in the morning to fill my my, my hot sauce pots. You know the ones that's like fifteen liter pots mm-hmm. with water and boil them so that I can run a bath for Lauren before she goes to work. So. She's over at her mum's just now getting a shower. Right. Um, because she needs hot water, but I'm just ice man hoffing it. I'm just in there, cold shower on that. But it's, uh, it's been a nightmare. The, the gas man's he's not coming in. It's so patronising when you phone British Gas Home Care. But when you speak to an engineer, it's just like talking to a guide in the pub. Like they totally just get what you're talking about. It's nonsense. But you talk to an engineer and it's some fucking 
snooty, condescending, patronising, fucking pain in the ass. It's just, you know, just go on a stop, talk to me as if you own British Gas and just fix my fucking problem. The money that you need, you owe me back is not coming out your own fucking pocket. <laughs> to be fair though, they do like fly their wee vans about space and like get into houses through the <laughs> chimneys and stuff. So hey, that's that's the engineers, man. They're buying on. <laughs> I'm sorry that you're going through that. No, it's alright, sorted now, and uh, we got one lassie speak, being a bitch to Lauren today, saying, well, I'll put a complaint to the manager, but nothing's going to happen, and then the manager phoned back about an hour and a half later, saying, I've listened to back to the uh, the call that you had with uh, the colleague before, I'm really sorry you had to put up with her attitude, uh, I've refunded all your payments to home care since February, and uh, and it'll be and your new boiler will be out tomorrow. Like, that lassie's definitely lost her job. Yeah, that's what she gets. So somebody else is having cold showers for the next few months. <laughs> As she's now homeless. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be back uh, next week or the week after with episode 126. I just want to say everyone that's chatting still in the group and flick chat and even kind of like messaging us, uh, just to say thanks very much. Uh, the chat's still been good and great and I really, oh, I'm speaking for myself here, I really love what the group is and kind of what it stands for and everything that's going on in it. There's nothing, there's never really been any issues. And so just a thanks to you guys. Cheers. I thought Scott would want to join in with a thanks there, but all right. <laughs> no, I, I was just agreed with everything you said. Uh, it's fine. Now you just end that with cheers. I think we should still end it with something else. <laughs> I could just say goodbye just now. Oh, just say goodbye just now. Bye. Adios, I've been broken, I'm not going back for nothing I saw some shit while coming up and it still hunts Growing up my auntie house was full of junkies When I was young I thought her house was full of zombies This shit look like night of the living day This shit look like night of the living day This shit look like night of the living day This shit look like night of the living day This shit look like night of the living day This shit look like night of the living day This shit look like night of the living day This shit look like night of the living day I've been broke before, what you know about it? I don't want a damn thing to nobody. Mama used to walk to the grocery store. Now she got a Benzo with no mileage. In my mirror, I couldn't be more prouder. I literally come from nothing. I don't see how you do it so well. When I was broke, I could hardly function. Now wish me well. I plan to go where no man before me's ever been before. And I don't plan to point any fingers, not saying that I'm the one in control. I got a clean conscience and a dingy soul. Bad credit, a collage of weapons, three baby mamas. Should invest in condoms, but hell is single now.